Oh god, I I got really good mute buttons now. I no longer just have to lower <laughs> you, so I don't I don't lose the mix. All I have to do is go like that, and you're both muted. Hello, I'm Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode twenty-four. Yes, that's right. We are back, and on this week's episode, we bring you all of that math that you crave now with even more hate. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the mathematical podcast coming to you from a secret location in the Las Vegas Valley. I think we're technically a valley, I and mean, we're surrounded by mountains Vegas on all sides. Vegas means meadows, so I think that I think that we're a meadow. Yeah, but well, I mean, we're <laughs> a valley. We're a valley. You're between two. No, we, we are. Between two we are a, well, yeah. we're we're like kind of a quasi valley. You know, it's like uh, if, if valleys were in cylinder shapes, yeah, well, if, we got if, mountains if, on two sides, but not on like twelve sides. No, wait, we've only got mountains on like we have mountains on like four sides. sides. And there's mountains maybe pretty like much in any direction. Four twelfths of a side. Okay, well, <laughs> or, or for whoever the like, fuck actually cares, I have two guests with me today. Uh, they're both returning guests, and I'm sure all of you diligent, diligent combinations and permutations fans have already recognized the voices, and those would be that of Anthony Solari. And I heard that even though he tried all summer, still no fucking superpowers. How does that feel? Yeah, and also a lot of my degrees came in. I have, like, the official papers, and I'm like, no superpowers. Something's wrong with this. need my money back. Yeah, I think (laughs) that you definitely wasted some money on yeah it's uh, yeah because you have like i mean yes you have degrees and no and you use those though. degrees to get a very low paying job as a graduate assistant <laughs> exactly Good job. it's like my college education has lowered my life expected income it's I, only because you went for two masters and are now going for, for a PhD. phd if you would have stopped after the first masters it would have raised it. Okay. Yeah. And so the second guest, before we get completely pulled off into some horrific financial talk <laughs> that nobody cares about. I kind of care, but I'm not going to force it upon you guys. Would I be... Our message was don't go to college. It <laughs> yeah. ruined your life. I, seriously, I, we're like two minutes into this podcast, already want to mute both of you. And the other person <laughs> I want to mute, who I still haven't been able to fucking introduce... That's right is Mr. Nathan Rowe, uh, the once and former King of Scotland. Yeah, that's right. I've I made a fucking yeah. silent. I've never been to Scotland. Um, I'm sorry. You, you, need to, you need to look into this. I, I, I think I meant once and future <laughs> King of Scotland. I made once it to... Yeah, maybe, not once and former. You know, that, that the large work. British island. What Does it have a name? The one that contains... England. England. I made it to England. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, is on one. the same <laughs> island as Scotland. Oh, I don't really know. Scotland just <laughs> directly north of there. So you're saying that England and Scotland are the same place. They same share island. a geographical border. And so if you are in Edinburgh... You are actually in England. No, you're in the United Kingdom. I'm not saying they're the same country. I'm sharing they say they share a physical border. This has been an ongoing argument. One of my friends refuses to acknowledge Scotland as a separate nation than England. Uh, Well, that's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) They are two different nations. And I pick his side just because it angers, you know, Uh, any sane person because it's obviously two different things. Whatever. Okay, so we've we've come back after a rather extended hiatus, much longer than uh, at least I expected. But semesters end, summer semesters then end, and uh, I go on a three thousand or five thousand. I think it may have been five thousand mile road trip around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of hard to record while doing that. 
and then you know waiting on some things once the semester started i mean we're only into we only just finished with the third week or third so. week yeah yeah and the first couple of weeks are always just hell to try to get anything done i think that instead of counting up we should be counting down i don't uh, 12 I weeks don't, left 12 weeks left. i don't agree <laughs> with you and since i'm the host of the show i'm going to keep going with this little introduction thing so we can get to the actual fucking topic yeah whatever and, and so Details. we want to welcome all of our listeners back uh all of you i hope that you're all still subscribed really please dear god please be sub- still be subscribed i don't think that this begging actually would help if they weren't so the people you're begging to are the ones that didn't unsubscribe and thus which just thank kind you of getting, thank you thank you yeah, for so not unsubscribing that's it, that's better that's what yeah, nathan, nathan makes a good point even though he's a cock in that and mostly i just really want to make fun of nathan I really do. I want to get. Well, that's. I've I've been holding back a lot of it recently, <laughs> just so that I can, can wait let it until go. it's getting recorded. Well, yeah, that is my favorite way of taking attendance. Just asking everybody to raise their hand if they're not here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So similar idea. Similar so idea. after after all of our time off, I did feel that it'd be best for us to come back with a a nice big and meaty topic. Know, maybe even a slightly f- no no I'm not going to finish that sentence uh, just a nice topic and uh, you know a nice big one one that we haven't covered one that we should have covered a long long time ago because it uh, that kind of build up my expectations are like down here yeah you, you, you <laughs> if built you, up if there was no build up, up I would have had then, high expectations and then it just kind of like the continued build up sort of started counteracting the previous yeah. build up and you started going yeah well maybe downhill. it's because I actually hate this topic I uh, really is that what it is uh, so you so you were trying we're, for this. we're trying yeah I'm trying, trying to, figure to ruin out. your own podcast yeah. so that other people will hate with you well yeah I mean it is it is by far the worst area of mathematics and yet it is the oldest that's oh. right we're talking about geometry number theory oh geometry oh, okay. I don't mind so much yeah all right I like geometry mm. well you're both fucking nuts they're, they're, it's horrible it, it's it's not even math it's a study of shapes let's well, be honest you, you, you study shapes once it was one I mean well. before before Euclid's elements maybe it wasn't math but once it was axiom axiomaticized <laughs> that is not a word <laughs> once once they had the founding axioms and built from there it was math no uh, it, it, it's, without a it doubt shapes. it shapes it shapes I, I yeah it, it became what is finally thought in modern day to be math and it's like calculus they would do for the longest time they would do it without having set foundation and uh, so I what had does this have to do with geometry huh I hated math <laughs> geometry was the only thing I liked in math and I hated math all up until I, it, like abstract algebra and I think that was the first math I liked, and that was when Ab- I decided to become a math major. If I hated math all the way up until abstract, yeah, algebra, I would have I hated to have gotten oh. up to ab- abstract algebra. Well, well if you're I, a physics I just, major, you don't have a choice. Yeah, no, abstract you don't, algebra you don't, is not required in physics. It's not, but I felt that doing a dual major would be really useful toward my physics. Okay, well, once again, this has nothing to do with geometry, and since we're still in the beginning, I just hate all the low level stuff. It, we're except in the for beginning geometry. of the podcast. Okay. We're so on. we are going to uh, actually talk a little bit about the subject. And so geometry is derived from ancient Greek, geo meaning earth, and uh, metria meaning measure. So earth measure. Yeah. So once again, not math. It's, it's the study of shapes. Apparently the study of the shape of the earth. Uh, it's, it's a part of mathematics. I'm reading from Wikipedia, as I always do. Uh, concerned with questions of size, shape, and relative position of figures and properties of space. I'm just sitting here thinking. Um, one of the primary motivations for math is often physics, science, stuff like that. You can, How you in the can world qualify can you? that it's a useful thing. I'm not going to argue with that. Okay. I just fucking hate it. Well, I can't argue against I that. I hate <laughs> geometry more than I hate Newton. That's that's yeah, a that's... big hatred. That is that is a large, large hatred. Okay, so we have to get to this. Why don't you like it? Yeah, now what did, ne- did geometry? Now you can go you on your little. Child? We gave you an excuse for your rant with all of its points. <laughs> I don't so, really have a rant. It's it's just bollocks. It's you draw a bunch of fucking right triangles and you write stuff on them. It's like graph theory without any of the fucking fun. 
I liked it. Just I, I, I don't know that I liked it because it involved pictures, though I thought always thought that was helpful. It, and specifically, actually, no, I, I know exactly why I hate it. Because geometric proofs, especially the way we were taught it in high school, was the singularly most annoying thing to do. I it don't depends on how you were taught. Yeah, I was I was taught in that you had to write down the name of every single theorem or postulate that you're using on every single step that you happen to use it. Right. That's but the way we, I was taught and that's the part them, I like. We reduced them down to three letter three capital letters and Not so you, you my high school to... dude. It was the full name, and if you forgot the name, you, you, and you had to know the the full name of it too, not not you know just mm-hmm. if if you just wrote down theor- theorem question mark and then wrote down what the theorem stated, mm-hmm. you got it wrong. Oh well, this and you had to have the full name. You had to have the name of the person who created the theorem as well. It was ridiculous. I don't know. Any, That's a little bit more in high school geometry. I don't remember any named theorems. I'm no. I mean, I mean named after a person. You know what I'm saying? I remember theorems like like side angle side or whatever. Yeah, but I which, think yeah, but I, I mean, if even if they're not named after a person, I would have had to remember side angle side. Right. Which admittedly, right, which is not I, I, is not a bad one. In my class, I just had to write SAS. I I also had to have the number. They were all numbered as well. You need the name and the number. I hated yeah, geometry. How would you number that, Why? Yeah, they were numbered the in the book. Oh, and so you had to re- memorize the book's arbitrary numbering yes. system. Yeah, so you well, just had a shitty teacher. You don't hate geometry. You hate your high school math. Well, teacher. no, the then other I, way. I, it, it turned me so off to geometry that I can't enjoy it. I took geometry again in college. In my for, before I finished my bachelor's, I had another geometry course taught by my favorite math teacher from my old school too. I mean, he was, he was my favorite mm. teacher. He is good at teaching, and while I did very well. I, think I had the highest grade in the class by the end of it. I still hated every second of it. Mm. Even though I, we did not have to list exactly which theorems we were using anymore, thank God. Well, yeah, I just like mathematics because especially when I'm you're... I'm not you! No, no, I no, mean, no, not no, mathematics, yeah, yeah. geometry. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> I meant geometry. So one of the reasons I like geometry is mathematics, before you get to pretty much as a junior, as a math major, they hardly ever bother to prove anything. They say, basically, it's like, here's a formula, memorize the formula, know how to use the formula, now here's a problem to apply the formula to. Well, the, the only and that, that's that like mathematics to almost everybody until, you, be, until ju- you become a junior in college, except for geometry. And that's, that's the first place where you actually start proving things. You know, this is true, this is true, this is true, therefore this is true, therefore this other thing is true. It's not just applying a theorem and right. sticking in numbers. And, and it's the first one. I mean, in, in, in previous math classes, you had formulas and things like that that you would apply, but you never used the tools of logic. You never used implications and things like that. I don't know like what that. was wrong with all of your uh, guys' early math teachers, but I was taught my first proof in sixth grade in algebra. Well, there may have been a proof. I've I've been shown Proofs, things plural. like this, but mo- the vast majority of the time there wasn't. You know, there may have been a proof here and a proof there, but the vast majority of the stuff they never bothered proving to us. And see, I I remember seeing actually a decent amount of proofs. My, our math teacher wanted us to see, it, and this was in high school. Oh, wanted us to see why it was so, not just blanketly giving it to us. And the same thing even in calculus. I, I mean, I always, I always got shown, you know, well, like in college, in, when I learned trig, well, actually, I learned trig after. Now, the first proofs I remember ever learning uh, were in geometry, for sure. And those were the first times, like, when they got into... Nah, I don't think I learned about, about implications being a little bit different than... Yeah, I... So, so you they guys... Well, we all teach math courses in here. Do you guys spend much time actually proving everything you say? Because I know I spend some time, but the vast um, majority of the stuff... I, I derive study. the formulas, which is which is proving, I guess. Mm. Uh, I I do uh, probability and linear algebra. Honestly, so not a so. huge amount of stuff to prove. Uh, with and the probability stuff, I linear. do I do uh, do sketch proofs, mm. but the, not uh, not the full ones because honestly, the full proof for Bayes theorem isn't even in the book. 
yeah. the, the proofs for those for those types of things you have to you have to look at the axioms of probability and the axioms of probability are very very basic so that if you tried to prove from them um, your students would just be like yeah but why can't I mean yeah it seems I mean it, a right. lot of the things you're proving seem more natural than the axioms themselves sometimes yeah, yeah so let's let's get back a little bit to uh, geometry itself I mean, the most famous early geometer the one who's really name uh, is on everything attributed to the creation of the first real formalization of it uh, was Euclid yes. of course I mean I, I don't think uh, there's really any question on that except he did very little he, original yeah work. He, he's more of an arranger I yeah think. and he was an right. archivist yeah. essentially I mean, I'm sure some of the work was his own and he was smart enough yeah. to collect things mm-hmm. and to understand what worked together and even more importantly he gave us the uh, Euclidean axioms right and the, the, form- the axiomatization the yeah. axiomatization the axiomatization it doesn't matter it's, I think it's, it's a tization so it's metization how about the creation of an axiomatic system? The, the creation of the axiomatic system of geometry okay. was one of the greatest um, achievements in math up to that point. Probably the greatest. I well, think, it because was, it completely formalized everything yeah, it was, that it was could be first, done and had been done. It was in the, the first field. true formalization and, of math. True. True to the idea that we consider formalization now. Right. Yeah, but I mean, the, the axiomatic full, form of yeah, the full formalization, the full yeah, yeah. axiomatic I mean, right. form. Before that, everybody was just working in the you know, like before we had the axiom, the axiom system of set theory. They just had the naive set theory, and it led to all those contradictions. So before Euclid's elements, they just had naive mathematics, um, and they could have probably. I mean, I don't know that they did, but they could have run across all sorts of difficulties if they continued in that way. Uh, okay, so which one of you actually remembers all four neutral axioms? Neutral you, axioms. You can. There's um, the four neutrals, and then there's the parallel postulate. Given any two oh. points, you can draw a line through it. Given any two points, you can draw a circle centered at one with, that goes through the other. Um, I don't know that I can. <laughs> anywhere two lines intersect, you can create a point. Anywhere a circle that, intersects. That last one. No, that matter. last one was not a thing. That was think that's a theorem. I. It's it's one of the ones that can substitute for I think one of the ones you had already said because hmm. there's a lot of equivalent axiom systems. Uh, well, you, you're missing you're missing two of the originals. You got two of them. Um, there's something about generating points through intersection. There. Uh, no, there's there's not. Okay, well then that's just assumed. It's like a sub axiom or something. It might be one of the common notions. Um, mm. No, it's not. It's not one of the common notions either. But uh, the two that you're uh, missing is you can extend a finite straight line continuously in a straight line. Okay. okay. Line segment to a I, straight line. Yep. I, I just always assumed everything was a line, and you can refer to segments, but they're always part of a line. That's, well, that's just the way I think of geometry. No, well, it's, it's, it's just assumption. that you already have a line, and you can make it longer. You have a line segment, you have a line, you can make it longer. longer. You can extend it. It's the extension one. And all right angles are equal to one another. Oh, that was so basic, I didn't even think of it. Yeah, it's, but it is one. And then, yeah. of course, there is the final one, the parallel, parallel postulate. postulate. If, if a straight line falling on two straight lines makes the interior angles on the same side less than two right angles, the two, uh, the two straight lines, if produced indefinitely, meet on that side on which are angles less than the two right angles. That is the uh, full parallel postulate. There, there are so many rewordings, equivalent rewordings of the yes. parallel postulate. Uh, give me a couple of them um, that sound a hell of a lot better than that. Two parallel lines, if they're different, never intersect. There you that's, go. That's a good one. 
Um, yeah, but I, I guess that definition has to define what it means to be parallel. So you have to draw a line perpendicular. Okay, to how about this? Here's another one that's on the Wikipedia page. Through a point not on a given straight line, at most one other straight line can be drawn that does I not think, intersect that given line. I think that's the one I'm, yeah, that, I'm used that, to. That one, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and, and the other one is just uh, if, if you have a straight line and, and or if you have three straight lines, one of which intersects two of them. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. In the thing you just read off, you said at most, there exists at most one other line? Yep. So for some lines, there is no other line? I, it, it's just a wording thing. I don't, I don't know why. I'm not writing these things. <laughs> I'm reading them. I think it should be exactly. Uh, it... There it could be one possible issue, uh, say, if you're dealing in the complex plane instead of the traditional plane, instead of the, the traditional Cartesian plane where you have this single infinity, and you have the line that technically loops back, and then there wouldn't be one for certain lines. I don't know. I know that on with hyperbolic with hyperbolic spaces, there are... Potentially multiple and with spherical there are spherical none Riemannian. Yeah, so that one doesn't infinite. That rule seems to exclude spherical geom. I mean, it, it includes spherical geometry as a possibility. So it doesn't seem to differentiate between because with spherical geometry, that postulate is always true. There oh. exists at most one because there always exists zero lines. Yes, yeah, uh, the the thing is, uh, it's it's one that was written by a guy named Playfair. That's right. There's a guy Play named Playfair. Fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a shirt that says Playfair on it, I think, unless I threw it away. I uh, used it as my Play painting striper. shirt. It, I mean, it was all, it's all one word. It was just his rewording of the parallel postulate. Hmm. I don't like the at most. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can understand that because it does seem to include spherical geometry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the five common notions. Things that equal the same thing are also equal to one another. Okay. Uh, if equals are added to equals, then the wholes are equal. If equals are subtracted from equals, then the remainders are equal. Things that coincide with one another equal one another. Two line segments lying over yeah. would be the same thing. And the whole is greater than the part. And those are, at least, and most of those are written up in the axiomatic theory of a lot of different things. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you know, sorry. that's both of your phones now. I'm I, I silence mine now. I'm sorry to the listeners. And Anthony is... I'm, I apologize on Anthony's behalf because he's, he's busy sorry. playing with his cell phone at the moment. Okay, so since both of you seem to love geometry so much, who wants to give me a definition of a construct... Well, yeah, constructive proof. Because... Euclidean geometry is a it's I mean it's a constructive right. mathematics. The definition of a constructive well, proof. Well, explain what it, constructive proof means because it's really in geometry where you use proof by construction yeah. most. Uh, you yeah. you start with some arbitraries, I guess, uh, and from them uh, you go step by step until you reach the final endpoint, and the final endpoint was achieved in. Depending on depending on you can it can either be achieved in countably many steps or finitely many steps and be called constructible. Uh, but it's so sure, countable. I don't think countable works. I think it has to be finite. Well, I the can the can I mean Turing used countably many steps. I think when he talked about constructible and and L, which is the constructible numbers in set theory, or this constructible sets in set theory uses countable. Uh, mm. So I don't. It depends on. I, th- I think that finite makes more sense for purely constructible. So yeah, finitely yeah. many steps. And I think for geometric construction, it has to be finite. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Because otherwise, otherwise you can construct things like the square. Root well, otherwise you can construct all real numbers very, yeah. very easily because you yeah. can write in binary. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could just write. In yeah, binary, but you can. You can. Do you can. One. Have the distance between anything uh, over and over and over, and if you're allowed countably many steps, then you converge to whatever point you want. Mm. Uh, all real numbers. So, so 
we'll say finitely many steps. You, yeah, you go from in finitely many steps, you go from arbitrary start points to an end point in terms of the arbitrary initial points. And the only things you're allowed to do are common notions and axioms, right? Axiomatic steps. Okay, so um, what uh, some of the earlier. I, fuck it, I'm just turning this into a quiz show. Anthony, it's your question now. Oh, yeah. So, Pressure's given on. the et- etymology of the word geometry, what do you believe was one of the first reasons for interest in the subject? I'm guessing to find the measure of the Earth. Uh, I need a specific circumference job. job. Oh, job? Thing, you know. Um. Oh, what's it called? Survey. There you go. He gets it. I mean, you could understand very quickly that he knew exactly what he was trying to <laughs> go for. But he's not too good with words here, are Anthony? Was, no, was, that's did not the my Greeks? Did the Greeks know that the Earth was round? Yeah, they did. Well, I mean, some of them did. They thought there were plenty of people who thought so, like Herodotus thought so, and he he wasn't a philosopher so much as a historian. But he records that the philosophers thought that. The Earth, the was, Earth round. was round. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if you understand some about geometry and then you just kind of look yeah. to the horizon, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that the Earth is round, and yet there's still people who believe we live on a flat Earth. I, st- I have yet to meet one of these people. I I never, if you look at the horizon, it's not clear that the Earth is round, but that the Earth is not flat. That's, that's what you see. Yeah, but I mean, you still have the... I mean, you have the curvature. Right, 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 but... You could I would, think I, that pe- you could think that it's like a round disc, and the horizon's the edge but, of the disc that you fall off. Well, at least you wouldn't you wouldn't conclude the Earth is a sphere or a sphere-like shape. You could you could look at the horizon and conclude that the Earth doesn't stay flat forever and curves in some way, uh, probably. But I mean, weren't there some <laughs> of the Greeks that actually had a a decent? Uh, estimation for like the circumference of the earth yeah i think they had some ones. i remember something with a shadow in a well and i forget how that one worked oh yeah fuck what was that oh yeah i'm trying to remember who that was because there was somebody who made a i don't when i say good estimate i think it was within like 10 percent or something like that of the yeah but i mean pretty good to me yeah for an ancient yeah person with definitely bad measuring instruments too i mean that, I thought he got pretty good, and I can't remember who that was, though. I yeah. don't. I don't remember yeah. either. But I mean, we've been talking a lot about the the ancients, mm. and while they were amazing, and Archimedes also did a lot of very good work. Uh, uh, Apollonius, I believe, was another early geometer, did a decent amount of early work. Uh, it says here he in, uh, did a lot of investigation on conic sections, so. Mm. Parabolas, hyperbolas, yeah, ellipses. Those, those Greeks Greeks love conic sections. Yeah. Why man, would you? S- oh man. Uh, why would you say right. that Archimedes stole from him? Who is it that did a lot of on conic sections besides Apollonius? I thought it was Archimedes. It wasn't all? It? I thought it was all of. Yeah, of really Athens. Fun. Yeah, they yeah, they, they did. Just, a, they really did study. Mm. Conic sections quite often, but I mean, well, there's something in my 127 book that precalculus that I thought talked about Archimedes. Yeah, Archimedes. Archimedes was a bit earlier. Archimedes was uh, 287 earlier, or later. Earlier, I think. Oh. Ar- Archimedes, Archimedes was 287. Apollonius wasn't born till 262, so Archimedes uh, must was have been already... the other way around. Archimedes did some of the. Yeah, I, Archimedes. I, I know Archimedes des- described the reflection properties, um, mm. and and then applied them to set the sails on fire with a parabolic mirror. You know that supposedly. Story. Supposedly, well, he, he tried yeah. to. Uh, by most historical accounts, he failed. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, and it's, by MythBusters rules, they failed. They failed because yeah. they tried to recreate the death ray. Oh, I remember seeing something about that. It was a good episode. Yeah. Um, And so, we've been talking about them. They did a huge amount of work. Obviously, Euclid was the creator of the Euclidean geometry. But uh, there really wasn't much between them and then uh, 
the 1600s or so. Yeah, like and Gauss was the next person to do anything new. Well, no, nah, not not Gauss. Not dude. Gauss. No. He's a big name, but well, I mean, he's in, a, in Euclidean geometry, Gauss was like the no, next person. No, to, well, to I have think new no, discoveries. not at all. This this is they what lost. I know. I don't even need to read this off the fucking page. I know this. Yeah, they lost a lot of the uh, works when the uh, Rome got sacked and all the libraries got burned. They lost they lost a lot of copies of various yeah, works until much the next later. person to really make a huge dent into uh, understanding geometry was Rene Descartes. Oh, I mean, yeah. the coordinate plane and stuff like that. A coordinate plane and the uh, analytic geometrical approach. But when was he? He was 14? Uh, 1596. 1596. Yeah. That was it's definitely pre-Gauss. I mean, he changed the way their thought, the geometry was thought of, but didn't really... Um, he developed an entirely entirely new way of formalizing geometry. Yeah, if you're going to... He re-revolutionized geometry. If Euclid was the first one, Descartes would be the second. Sure. Yeah, but, and, but, I mean, and just the Cartesian approach is what we all use. I mean, yeah, we, it's, it's just so much easier than the oh, Euclid God, method. Yes, right, especially since we all have a strong... Uh, I mean, we're taught a strong understanding of the real line. Yeah, so it's, that's given an equation, you can draw yeah, a graph. And, and we're good at equations. Yeah, it's yeah. like... You have algebra with an equation involves a graph and vice versa, whereas in Euclidean geometry, a graph has nothing to do with algebra at all, just basically because algebra hadn't been invented way back then. Well, I mean, it, I mean we've talked about this before, and there was not, geometry, but not no, there, in the you fully algebra, form. Algebra, or, yeah, yeah, algebra. Not in a usable well, yeah, I mean, the, the You look at the common the notions, and the so common bad. notions implies basic algebraic operations, the addition yeah, of equalities true. and things like that, getting inequality. Yeah, I mean, these are these are the foundations of algebra. What I mean was the notation was so bad. Instead of saying x squared, you'd say the the um, the thing that is taken. You make it a square with that length, and then you add it to a couple of triangles, and that's where you get the triangular numbers and all that. I actually I remember um, for a while on the Wikipedia. Uh, there was a little article about some sort of, it's kind of like a tangram, but it's 14 pieces or something, and it was studied by, by Greeks in Athens, and Archimedes in particular uh, was trying to prove that, that they can only be arranged in a square in one way. There's no other way to arrange these pieces into a square. Um, mm. and, I, and I watched the way he described them, um, and, and just, just the way he described them made it, made it very clear that in his mind they were positioned on a coordinate plane similar to Descartes. Um, so, like, I think that Archimedes visualized geometry on a coordinate plane. Uh, not on well, a coordinate plane. On a plane, not a coordinate on a, The plane. only way you can measure distances is I mean, by he having talked about segments. He talked about two so things having the same height, which means they're at, the, like, the same Y No, he was talking about height. It, it's just a yeah. It's like I'm it's, sure it's a he difference. wasn't thinking in negative height. It, it's there, a they wouldn't have had the negative side. I mean, they had a concept that there was a distance between any two points, but the coordinate plane system requires that there be an, you know uncountably many between any two points. And he might have had a concept of distance, but not the concept that there was an infinite number between those two. Um, well, Archimedes definitely had not, had ideas about infinitesimals and infinitely many because he did the limiting process for integrals and things like that. So, so but, he probably had some idea about. Yeah, but you're he talking might, about Archimedes now and not Euclid. Yes, there's a difference. Yeah, Archimedes' work was very different in style from classical. Geometry. Oh, and and yeah. significantly more advanced. Probably, and instead of uh, gathering together things, he was he, he was, was on creator. his own. Yeah. yeah, definitely true. And and as I'm sure I've said before, and I'm sure I'll probably say again, we'll talk more about Archimedes uh, when we finally give him his own episode, hmm. which he very hardly deserves. And then later on, what? Very hardly, heartily, heartily. heartily. Okay, I was like, <laughs> okay, first of all. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. I back down. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, and as Nathan mentioned earlier, Gauss is a big guy in 
proofs of geometric things, but I wouldn't necessarily His say names that strong like everything. in geometry itself. Well, because right. a lot of the work he did in geometry, he did with algebraic geometry. But heavy mm. on the algebraic part. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I, I understand that. But, I mean, like, the first... The first, uh, I mean, he was the first one to find a construction of a 17-gon. It, it had existed. A 17-gon was constructible all throughout the Greek, like, era. Yeah. Uh, and they never found it. They found the 5-gon. They found, they found every other thing that can be constructed except for, you know, Gauss's two shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, that end. And then he just, he just comes yeah, there's along. Yeah, a, e- a lot of proofs in geometry are easier once you can put an equation on it yeah too. that's true that's true but but i mean he definitely was the first in a long long time to extend uh you know at least the number of shapes that are that uh, yeah. are known well, he he did something that was a little bit more important than that uh, really? in the end <laughs> you think, you think? Uh, no no he did something more important for geometry than that oh, okay uh even though uh, uh, Bolyai and Lobachevsky go down in history as the ones who invented non-Euclidean geometry, mm. uh, neither of you were there for the episode when we were talking about Gauss. But it turns out Gauss invented non-Euclidean geometry. Right. But those that other no. Lobachevsky or, or whatever, um, he was in contact with Gauss. No, no, Bolyai. Uh, uh, boy, uh, Somebody, okay. He was Gauss's student. Somebody was in contact with Gauss and, and they, like a Russian guy that was ridiculed for his, for his views on non-Euclidean geometry. And so, and, and Gauss was like, no, you should publish this. This is good time. You know, these are, these are cool and they're valid results. I've, I've looked at this kind of stuff before. Um, and so one of the only reasons that, that he did work in, in, uh, non-Euclidean geometry at all is because Gauss was supporting him in, in that effort. Uh, well, mm. it's... Uh, the the story that, I, that I've read is a little bit worse than that. He uh, actually uh, kind of felt that... Uh, well, actually what he said uh, to his friend, because it, it was uh, his friend's son, Bolyai's son, uh, Janos, who's the one who found at the same time as Lobachevsky. Uh, and he was, uh, let's see, Gauss had sworn a brotherhood and banner of truth uh, as students. Uh, apparently they, uh, uh, or his his friend had tried as a student to uh, prove parallel postulate from the other axioms. Huge, long time, a huge amount of people have wasted their lives doing that. That's true. Uh, what Gauss wrote to his friend was, to praise it would amount to praising myself, for the entire content of the work coincides almost exactly with my own meditations which have occupied my mind for the past 30 or 35 years. And Gauss was a perfectionist. He refused to publish anything unless he thought that he had worked out every single kink and it could hide all of his work, essentially. And uh, so but he for me, probably developed non-Euclidean geometry. Probably talked about it when this kid was around. Yeah, maybe. But he I mean, probably it's, had it written down as well. It's easy to say that. Oh, I had thought that before. After somebody but else does, and it's, it's, it's a success. You in know? general, yeah. <laughs> if you said it, if I said it, if Nathan said it, yeah. Because if there's a lot of stuff that I've thought of that if somebody else writes up. And, Carl Friedrich Gauss said it. I'm a lot more tempted to believe it, uh, mm-hmm. considering that they also found some other things of his which shows that he had been working on it like 30 or 35 years before it was published by well, other people. Yeah, probably a lot of people working on that sort of thing, though. Things rarely come up. Yeah, but it, it is Gao, so it was probably perfect except for one line that he just never f- finished. Mm-hmm. I figure he gets enough credit. <laughs> I don't Give everybody he, else the chance. I don't think he gets credit enough. I think the man was uh, even better. Uh, he was okay. better than the best. Mm-hmm. But nobody, I mean, nobody really applied these these non-Euclidean geometries and found uses for them until, I don't know who the first person was to say, hey, this is, this is useful. I know. He knows. I'm thinking Einstein's yep. probably uh, the one who popularized it. Yeah, he was the first one to show that 
actual space time, time. Euclidean. Yeah, but I mean, I know that they had applied. Maybe they didn't realize that spherical geometry was what they were using, but there were some proofs in spherical geometry that allowed ships to navigate a little bit better and and figure out their location on on uh, on the planet. Um, yeah, but I don't. I think that they still typically used Euclidean. And I think they stuck, kind of the, they stuck the sphere in Euclidean geometry and then talked about geodesics instead of yeah, probably lines so. on spheres. Maybe so, yeah. Okay, and so uh, let's see. The non-Euclidean geometries. Uh, actually, on the Wikipedia page, this doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, they call it elliptic geometry which is what we've been referring to as spherical geometry. I'm used to thinking of it as Riemannian geometry, so... I thought that was hyperbolic geometry. Hyperbolic was the other guy. Uh, oh, yeah, hyperbolic's Poincaré. Yeah. Yeah, so the Riemann... Yeah, the elliptic would be Riemann sphere. Right. So, wait, so anybody remember much about that? The spherical I, geometry? Yeah, I, I um, really don't. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. Okay, that, that's oh, it. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, a straight <laughs> line there. on it is, is defined, like you, places, you know, you right? a point and a direction defines a straight line. If you keep going in that same direction, you eventually loop back on yourself. Um, yeah, so and it, you form a, think, a think latitude and longitude on the no, earth, right? No, 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 no. Hmm? Which one's the one that goes left, right, east, west? Okay, that's latitude. Think longitude. Yeah, think long longitude lines work. Latitude lines are not lines. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. It, only they only things that there'd be, there'd be uh, only plane intersections. Perfect yeah. circumferences. Oh. Uh, you know. Yeah. That so goes, think. Yeah. Well, one latitude is fine then. There's yeah, one. Yeah, the, the, the equator works. Sure. Yeah. Um, right. So. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, those are what lines are and defined I guess, to be. And yeah, so you had two choices. Parallel lines don't meet anywhere, and that's Euclidean. Parallel lines meet, always meet in two places, that's Riemannian. And let's see, I think they, if they meet in one, isn't that point correct? Um, you just count the number of intersections that parallel lines have, and that defines the difference. I think more than... I didn't think hyperbolic there were intersections in the parallel lines because they curve like this. It's there can be an infinite number of parallel lines or something like that through a single point. through a single point. Oh yeah, maybe we're counting the number of parallel lines. Yeah, that's yeah, what, no, that's no, what no. it was. The, that's the what one it was. that You're has right. exactly one uh, parallel lines have one intersection. That's perspective geometry. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm thinking of the number of parallel lines through a given yeah. point. Exactly one, that's Euclidean. If there's, let's see. There are no If there are lines, none, it's Riemannian. Yeah. If there's an infinite number, it's yeah. Poincaré. And if that's what exactly, I was thinking of. If there's exactly one intersection between two parallel lines, you're in perspective geometry. Right, which is something completely different. Yep, it's <laughs> it's not even a non-Euclidean geometry. Yeah. It's a... It's an art form, yeah, I think, I guess. mostly. Something like that. Uh, I think, are you talking about projective geometry? Um, projective Maybe projective what you're space thinking of is projective is, geometry. Projective yeah. space is where you include points at infinity. Yeah. Um, and in, th in that space, there is exactly one intersection of parallel lines. I think I yeah. was... I was Taught that it was called perspective because there, there might be another one as well. It's all about there's probably perspective when you look at it. You're drawing if you draw something in enough. it, you have a perspective. Okay. It's like looking down a hallway. Yeah. yeah, I mean most modern most modern algebraic geometry is done in perspective geometry because you have things like Bazou's theorem, um, which just it makes intersecting intersecting uh, varieties so much. You easier. just want to make sure that they all have at least one intersection somewhere. Yeah. What, are, what are you guys talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Well, uh, because because uh, adding these points at infinity and still being able to count multiplicities and things like that, um, it, it makes you got algebraic curves and you want to define some sort of addition on these algebraic curves. It's nice to make sure that addition's defined everywhere. No, but, but also, it, it makes it so that... Uh, Two two uh, quadra not quadrilaterals quadratics two quadratics always intersect at exactly four locations yeah um, and two 
uh, uh, two lines always intersect at exactly one location, and then a polynomial of degree m oh, that, well, intersects a polynomial of degree n at yeah. m times n locations, and, and that that result alone is worth switching into projective into projective uh, algebraic. What is that? Algebraic geometry. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's used almost exclusively in algebraic geometry. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the only form of geometry used in algebraic geometry. Is, yeah. That's what I meant. Not it's only used. I mean, it's used all over the place. I guess. So I think, yeah. What, what uh, Descartes? What's a better name for what Descartes invented? Because it's not algebraic geometry. It's analytic geometry. Analytic yeah, geometry. That's go. the that's the better name for it. We've that, been, well, that's because that's what it is. It's we've been what well, it's called. We've been referring to it as algebraic. I, I called it analytic oh, the first time I, I said it. Okay, I have been, and it's not actually. It's analytic. Okay. Well, <laughs> I didn't catch that, or I might have yelled at you. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? Uh, uh, we were talking sure. about non-Euclidean geometry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spherical. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about spherical geometry is when you define a triangle in, in a geometry, it's something that it's the shape created by three lines and their intersections and things like that. In spherical geometry, um, the lines on the side of a, of a triangle are these curved things. Um, and you can actually, if you normalize the sphere, to have radius one, you can actually uh, define. Uh, you can prove that the area of a triangle is equal to um, is equal to the sum of the interior angles minus pi, and and and, and the sum of of a, the angles of a triangle in Euclidean geometry always add up to 180 degrees. Yeah, which is one pi. of the most important. I thought Riemannian. Oh yeah, no, no. Spherical, spherical, you can be above pi. I thought you're always above pi, and that's right. You're always, pi. yeah, exactly. The, the the sum of the angles inside a triangle is always greater than pi, right. um, and the area of the triangle is equal to the sum of the angles minus pi. The amount greater than pi you are. That's that's the. And obviously, we're referring to pi in radians here. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. But oh, that's um, why you had. Uh, sorry, but it, but it's the cool. Down to I one. guess I I jumped ahead of myself. I should have said. Okay. First, um, the sum of the angles inside a triangle is always greater than pi. How about a triangle in hyperbolic geometry? Yeah, then the sum Opposite. of the angles is always less than yep. pi. No. And, and in hyperbolic, the area of a triangle is pi minus the interior angles. So it's the amount less Can't than. the area of a triangle in hyperbolic technically go to infinity? No. Because um, can't you have one of the ones that go to the edge of the disk? Right. Yeah, you and, have one on each edge. And, yeah. Right, right. And those don't have um, infinite. I mean,. It depends on how you define yeah. distance, and the normal distance measure of hyperbolic space gives a finite area even to those infinite triangles. No, uh, okay, I couldn't remember. It just seems because you can have one that has lengths of infinite. Well, yeah, I would think infinite length sides. The hyperbolic metric is the is the you know x squared plus y squared minus z squared square root or whatever well i'm just thinking in hyper in hyperbolic space if you have three points at infinity wouldn't the angles there be zero yeah the angles are all zero yeah. and so the yeah. area of that triangle is equal to pi right it's the largest say, size okay. triangle that's not as hard to calculate as what we're making it no no it, but that's just because of the way it's defined there it yeah. seems since the length of every single side is infinity yeah that it, it should, it should have be really an infinite area but well, it actually only goes to even pi. the yeah. even the lengths of the sides are finite they're they're infinite if you if you think of it it depends on which metric yeah. you use yeah exactly yeah. Um, if you use the hyperbolic one they're not if you right, use the common right. sense one they are yeah yeah the length of them if you just calculate arc length with you know the calculus equation and whatever then yeah they have infinite length but their length when you define length in the hyperbolic sense with the Lorenz measure or the Lorenz mm, yeah, product, I believe it's Lorenz. Yeah. Uh, then it's then it's finite. Um, I'm more familiar with Lorenz just because of Lorenz transformation special relativity. Anyway. <laughs> so every time I hear Lorenz, I'm thinking special relativity. Uh, anyway. God, now we're just talking about something I may hate as much as geometry. No, nope, not quite as much. Well, it's space-time geometry, so... 
<laughs> All right, so here's the big question. It's a double reason the big, I hate it. The big <laughs> question of geometry, which Sam is going to hate immediately, is what you. form of geometry best represents our universe? Actually, that is the one question in geometry that I'm interested in. Oh, never mind that. Well, okay. <laughs> I was about to say there's not really an answer to that, though. No, because uh, some areas... One thing that we are completely sure of is that it's definitely not Euclidean. Yeah, we're we're fairly confident of that one. Yeah, I mean, not it, even our near but, Earth space yeah. is Euclidean. I, no. I, I, the reason I I would argue with that is because the definition of a straight line that they've taken is the path traveled by a ray of light. Well, it's right? actually the shortest distance between two points, but exactly. it's always assumed that light travels the shortest distance. Yeah, which is which is the big problem. I don't. I I think that yes, sure, gravity. Uh, gravity has an effect on light particles, but that doesn't mean that it's shifting space and actually decreasing the distance. But I think uh, it's even, just how would you tell the difference? The, the shortest, the yeah, shortest well, travelable yeah. path between two points on the Earth for a light particle is still not a Euclidean straight line. The straight line then would be a uh, it would be spherical because light would not no. be able to light travel travel through a, light can't curve it was like space. a uh, like a death star know. laser beam it would travel right through the center yeah. and get yeah. there quick yeah. <laughs> but a single photon single photon can't Ooh, I mean, with enough have to energy to I, it, if it, I guess it if it had enough energy sense. it would shoot right through the earth but it wouldn't, no. it wouldn't destroy anything. Wait. It's just yeah. too I much energy to interact with. Is there it. not a bound on the amount of energy a photon can have before it... No. Photons have can have boundless energy? Yeah. Hmm. Frequency. Increase the frequency okay. Well, I, I think that... I don't see how... It's There's got to be a theoretical time. bound before it turns into a mass... A particle with mass or something, you know? Uh, oh, well, you might... That might happen. Well, one one <laughs> thing one thing I think that even Nathan's odd argument aside, space time is obviously not Euclidean. Yeah, I I, I think still so. how, how could it, it how could it be Euclidean? It's Euclidean. Well, you could say that it's Euclidean, but there's no particles that behave like it is. There yeah, and then there what, is, what do you end up? There with? is a proof that um, that that. It can be embedded in a Euclidean space. Or you, can, you can always do you, that. So you can yeah. you can embed it in a finitely when dimension. When we study Euclidean hyperbolic space. geometry, we embed it in a Euclidean space. Right. Otherwise, we couldn't draw it. And when we're talking about Riemannian space being spherical geometry, we're talking about embedding a Riemann sphere right. in, in, a, in a Euclidean, Euclidean space. Plane. Right. Yeah. Right. So okay, fine. Bad <laughs> bad argument. I mean, yes, they're all embeddable. Sorry. Um, no, but I, I don't think that that light necessarily travels the shortest distance. It's just traveling the dis the, the path of least resistance by allowing gravity to pull. But it and things is like there that. another question? Can anything else travel in a way that light can't, or does everything most closely approximate light? I I would have to imagine that there are objects that can travel in ways that light can't. Well, what I mean is, is okay, say if light said that the shortest path between two points was a certain direction, is there another sort of particle that can go a shorter direction than the way light went? Well, okay, it can go, it might not, not be able wormholes. to go, it c maybe could go a shorter distance than the path that the light took, depending on your metric, once again. Um, if you discovered that, I think we'd be on to something. But I, I think that, I think that uh, it wouldn't be able to do travel. No, like no, I, I'm saying we, that, so be on that in one. order to travel Time a machine. straighter line than light, Tachyons you would maybe. have to slow down. Dark, um, dark matter? Dark matter? That's a possibility. Well, dark matter and tachyons, they've been... Uh, yeah, but it's not, it's not uh, agreed upon by everyone that they're the same thing. Not... Dark matter is hardly agreed upon. Yeah, dark, the existence of dark <laughs> yeah, matter. Yeah, well, the existence of tachyons are not exactly agreed upon either. Well, they're not very popular even. <laughs> tachyons are the ones that travel backwards through time. Yeah. Well, they're eh. theoretically maybe. They're they're uh, the anti they anti photons they or something. They also definitely travel faster than the speed of light. Yeah. 
If they existed, they would. Yeah, if, if tachyons exist, then they travel faster than the speed of light. And then we would have an argument that tachyons really travel the true space-time, whereas light's taken the long route. Yeah. Uh, what a, which, which one is it that, that they prove that if you can... Imp- or the universe is of that geometry or of that shape that you can travel back in time? One, it was some... That wasn't... Oh, no, no. If the universe rotates, you can travel back in time. That's what it is. Oh. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I can't... I read it somewhere at some point. Yeah, there's possibly proof just... of it. It, there was, it was by a modern mathematician, no, too. Actually, I recently, think you just had to go all the way around the universe, and when you came back, yeah, you'd so have left before you recently, got back before you Recently, someone left. solved some sort of equation, you know, so I don't know, whatever, but they solved an equation that yields negative entropy, which, which means they're decreasing the chaos in the universe, which is interpreted as going backwards in time. So there's some something that's been done recently, I guess. I wish I knew. I'd have to check that one out. But yeah, so there's some way to have something well, There's travel also backwards those weird photon experiments <laughs> where they have uh, managed to excel- super accelerate them in some way that it, it ends up well, appearing like playing that the- Mozart faster than the speed of light through. Just something like it, it, the, the photon ends up at its destination before it leaves. I don't know about but, that. No, but they, I know they, that I know they, they've done something and they've put photons through matter that go faster than the speed of light in a vacuum. Yeah, well, if it's, that matter hadn't been it's there. It's faster than C, is what I've understood it as. Yeah, C is the speed of light yeah. in a vacuum. And yeah, so, but it's faster than C, but you can cause C to become, or you can cause the speed of light to become faster than C at times. Yeah, yeah, and, right. and so therefore you're technically traveling faster than the speed of light, which we have designated as a single definable speed, which yeah. it's not because the speed of light changes depending on depending on which matter it's local, flowing through. Yeah, well, the matter it's flowing through as well as local space-time geometry as well. well near a black hole. Well, then you would just have to. We'd be talking about the metric. That you'd expect outside the curvature rather than inside. Yeah. I mean, locally, it's always traveling at the same speed. Globally, you might measure it differently. <coughs> oh. I hope that wasn't on the mics. Uh, I could hear it. Okay. You lost Damn. the lung, but he's still good to go. It's, it's on the ground. Yeah. My, my throat just builds up phlegm over time, and I have to Ew. clear it out. We can <laughs> stop talking about that now. It's like one of those dinosaur lizards in that spit the poison. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I yeah. could totally be one of those. Nathan, every once in a while, has just got to spit his poisonous bile out. <laughs> and he builds up. Well, he does have a lot of uh, poisonous bile. Maybe even some vitreous humor. Vitreous humor, yeah. <laughs> Older words know. that you never hear anymore. I don't... I don't. Just saying, did either of you actually get that joke? Vitreous no. humor is an actual thing that we all have. Yeah. It's just you never I, you never hear people refer to that anymore. Uh, you mean the, the stuff in our eye? That's what vitreous humor is. I'm not talking about humors. I'm the actual vitreous humor. No, I didn't know what it was exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's the, I think it's the gooey stuff in our eye, but I, it's definitely mm. something to do with the eye. Okay, well, I think that's where we're going to leave it today because... Uh, <laughs> Fine. We've, yeah. we've kind of... Well, okay, Nathan, what do you want to talk about? No, is everything I was, okay? Is, is your life I, traveling I in very, a direction that you want it to go? I was very surprised that in all, all of our time travel speak, we never talked about quantum teleportation. Uh, uh, but well, that's, that's because we know space-time. And there's not space-time, yeah. and we're talking about geometry, and... And I don't like you. I right, right. I just, I mean, you guys were all talking about, oh, it travels faster than the speed of light. But what about the information passed through quantum teleportation? Well, that is a topic for another day. And <laughs> shh, I haven't read about that recently. Uh, I don't yeah, want to yeah. come off sounding <laughs> like an idiot. I thought wormholes were more interesting just because that's an alternate route that travels faster than the normal route, and it seems to travel faster than the speed of light. If they exist. If they exist. And that involves geometry, at least. It just involves a space being multiply connected. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's an interesting area. That's something that that would be very interesting. It'd be an interesting thing to study, too, because Mm -hmm. it would be... I mean, it kind of... If you think about it... Who is that? Wheeler? I think Wheeler... Okay, maybe we'll. Wrote but I was thinking, you know, like that. it'd kind of be like a Mobius strip that kind of touches itself at points. 
you know, because oh, Mobius thinking of space time being non because it's folded, yeah, non orientable, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd I mean. be fun. Yeah, there was a movie about that. What was that? Prime or there was this one where these guys have this box, and apparently the box somehow it sent people back in time. And well, they kept doing. They kept going back in time. They kept going back in time, reliving the same day. And the Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Kind of like that, <laughs> except they did it on purpose, and it was this original engineering invention. The point was, at the end of the day, they couldn't tell their left from their right anymore, and they so they couldn't write things down anymore because they couldn't tell which hand was their left, which hand was their right. And apparently, traveling back in time kept destroys orientation. Spatial orientation. Yeah, screwed up their spatial orientation. Said it appeared in a movie recently. That's that's kind of funny. Was yeah. it starring Christopher Lloyd as Dr. Emmett Brown? No, that's I love Back to the Future. That was a good was, one, but no, there's no orientation losing in <laughs> Back to the Future. I don't know. I kind of lost my orientation a few times watching it. Oh well. I, lo- I just <laughs> Dr. Emmett Brown is the most wonderful character like ever. Yeah, I, I did like his. He's great. Main character, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I Michael J. Fox. Character. He was yeah, good, but he just didn't match. He wasn't, he wasn't as Brown. cool as yeah. Doc Brown. Of course, we're all mathematicians. I've, no, that's true. We I've always sciences. viewed those guys, and I, 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 I want to be the crazy scientist. I kind of like the girlfriend character myself, but that's... You didn't want to be her. I'm I no, thought she was kind <laughs> of... But I liked she her. She was kind I of gotcha. a bitch, <laughs> and not very attractive. Never mind. We're we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it there yeah. uh, with Nathan <laughs> insulting a woman. So She's this still alive has in been combinations and permutations for Anthony Solari and Nathan Rowe. This is Samuel Hansen saying, "I hope that you all have a mathorific." No, I'm not gonna fucking say that. that's a stupid thing. Why the hell did I ever start saying that? Because you're a stupid person. Fair enough. Okay, so <laughs> once again from Nathan Rowe and Anthony Solari, this is Samuel Hansen, and I'm saying that I hope you all have a great week. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you want to get a hold of us, please email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. Also, check out our blog at combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. This episode has been licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. All the music that you've heard on this podcast is from SP12. If you like what you hear, go check them out at opsound.org. Thank you for listening.